Hello, friends. Hope you're having a good day. It's that time again. Jeff Stuckey here, riding in the shotgun position, getting ready to go <laughs> have some drinks. Uh, too early in the day to start with bourbon, but we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it's weekend. Greg so Allen in the driver's seat. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good today. Ready to get going. Yeah? Mm-hmm. No small talk today? I could try it. Oh, <laughs> I'm intrigued and terrified all at the same time. I know. The, the fact that I keep getting graded higher makes me think maybe I'm, I'm okay with it. All right. And, and so here's one that happened this morning. Uh, did it really happen this morning, or are you it, just saying that for... No, it absolutely did. Of course, oh, when this... Cool. Well, you so, never know when people are talking. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, I can't think... Guess what happened to me back. today? Anyway, sorry. So this happened this morning. Yeah, and, and it I think it captures the idea of when it's over, you're going to say... Man, that's two minutes that I'll never get back. All right. So, okay. Then we have met the criterion for yeah. small talk. And it's going to be short and shallow. Right. So, okay, let me give it a shot. But you got to do the laugh, like the oh, try to get me to laugh. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right. Thinking, God, I hate you. <laughs> no, okay. I'm going to try for all right, that. Here we go. Here we go. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for small talk with Greg. <laughs> all right. Good morning. Hey, Jeff, guess what happened to me this morning? So, um, Last night, I found a, uh, a chocolate bar that was half eaten, but uh, it had melted. So I put it in the refrigerator. I said, well, I'll have that in the morning. So in the, this morning, I opened the refrigerator, and I see that, and I break off a piece. It's like 120% dark chocolate or whatever. And, uh, and I take a bite, and I go, hmm, brown sugar. And it reminded me of the song that my any band I've been in had to have in their set list. Rolling Stones, Brown Sugar, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, this is brown sugar. And then I'm thinking, no, maybe that's not what that song's about, the dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to laugh. It didn't work. It was close. What? It was close. I mean, uh, it was close. Yeah, so it was useless, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, so useless. Yeah. What? Is it true that you... Yeah, at this, how many times have you played oh, that song? Yeah, hundreds. And what were you thinking it was about then? Well, you know, that's the thing. I'm just realizing I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about what I'm supposed to play and what key things I need to hit so that somebody out there thinks that I have heard the song before. <laughs> oh, so you were not engaged in the song at all? And, yeah, not the meaning, but you know, is this? So you now know what the song is not about. Yeah. Do you know what the song is about, or you just know it's not about your candy bar? Well, I, I have a feeling it's about a, a woman. That, that's yeah. very good, Greg. Okay. Very, very good. <laughs> good. All right. That's pretty good small talk. All right. Good. I mean, I did feel myself like feeling some contempt for you. Like, is putting a melted candy bar in the freezer a normal? Like, do people salvage their melted candy? Candy? Oh, well, maybe not. I mean, this is like is a $5 like your, bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this, it wasn't. Yeah, this oh. wasn't a Snickers or something. Okay. So you can, you can get them at 6 and 0, 425 Main Street. <laughs> candy, candy bars? Yeah. Because they're, um, you know, fair traded, shade grown, equal, whatever. I don't know what any of that I don't means. Know, I don't Are either. they good? Oh, yeah. They're good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. $5 good? Yeah. Yeah. Because once you eat one, you, you can never eat. The stuff in the aisle, right when you leave in a supermarket, you couldn't eat that again. Huh. All right. Uh, so, what are we talking about today? Got anything on your mind? Yes, I do. 
I don't mean to jump in deep right away. <laughs> no, that's good. We did small talk with Greg, and I think our listeners are okay. probably adequately primed and ready for <laughs> the topic of the day. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm a little troubled by something. When uh, I talk to guys that are dealing with the marriage that they think is falling apart, you know, my go-to is, well, if it's, if it's a struggle, then you're in the right place because marriage is not designed to be easy and there's there's a struggling component to it so work it out you know you you've made this commitment so you know let's see what we can do to make this work but i know that there's a point that that's not possible or there's a person i don't want to jump to this quickly but there could be a person in the relationship that actually uh embodies evil (laughs) you know and it doesn't have to be quite that bad that does happen believe me yes seen it right there in my office like (laughs) three feet away like wow yeah so you don't want to call that out too often but when it does you need to right but so how do you know in a relationship marriage or, or just a you know relationship how do you know when to say you know what i've put in everything i can but this is this is all i can do you know, and uh, I need to figure out a way out, an exit thing. Because I don't want to jump to that, but I want to know when it's time. Right. Not not for me, <laughs> but in <laughs> Let's be very clear. Yeah. Greg you know. Allen is not contemplating a divorce. Yeah, there's a 5% chance my wife might listen to this. Oh. So. <laughs> she probably will now. Greg, I think Greg latently wants a divorce. Um, well, I'll tell you what I tell a client. I'm not giving advice right now at mm-hmm. all. Um is only you can make that decision, which is not particularly helpful, is it? No. (laughs) But it is important to punctuate that, that, you know, this is your decision. This is, I would certainly want to help navigate it, Mm -hmm. but it is your decision. And this this is complex. It is tough to... Even just when I think about it, you know, doing marriage therapy, because so much has changed since, just even in the time of our conception of marriage and how much time society has, how much has changed in society. I mean, you've got to think with, with technological advancements, especially to the benefit of women. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a a woman is not limited anymore by her menstruation cycle. A woman is not, can take control of her uh, sexual reproduction. Mm -hmm. And those are phenomenal advancements for women. They can... They can go into the workplace. They can do a 40-hour work week. They can, I mean, you know, I don't want to be too graphic, but when you think mm-hmm. about the limitations of those things, and then it wasn't that long ago, women couldn't get a credit card. To get, mm-hmm. so, so we've advanced so much to where the parameters of marriage have, have really, really changed. Okay. A woman doesn't need a marriage like not that far distant past, mm-hmm. right? Right. So the circumstances for why people got married are much, you could argue that there was a point in time in human history where it was out of necessity. And you can say that in 
the times that we live in now that it's not out of necessity. Right. A woman wonderfully can go get her own job. She can support herself. That just changes the, the fundamental reasons why we get into a marriage. It's much more, again, you don't have that drive. It's not a necessity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we got into it freely, and then we can, I, I think you're saying also that there's options to get out of it. Freely. I can walk away. Yeah. And that's just, that's just the truth, that now things that used to hold a marriage together are not those binders any longer. Now, I personally think that that's a great thing. There's 7 billion people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people are living a long fucking time, right? Yeah. So the fact that you don't marry out of necessity any longer, the fact that the probability of you meeting and marrying the person that you can spend the rest of your life with, let's be honest, statistically, it ain't great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's but, not to be fast and loose with the commitment of marriage. Mm -hmm. It's just to be honest about things that have changed that make getting out of a marriage much easier, much sooner, except our social expectations. You know, the vows, you know, most people, when they share their wedding vows, they still share, you know, for better, for worse, till death yeah. do us part, right? Yeah. So you still have that mindset that this is going to be a lifelong commitment, mm -hmm. but it, I don't have to tolerate as much bullshit as maybe I used to have to tolerate. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixed bag there when you start to think about marriage in modern culture, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, there's, there's improvements that, particularly for a woman, that she's not stuck in a bad marriage, mm -hmm. At the same time, oh, fuck you. I don't have to stay here. So it, it's that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be honest about just how that affects our psyche before you're considering ending a relationship. Yeah, but the fact that there is a door to get out, that there's some freedom, um, first off, that doesn't mean that, that, that you should take it quickly right you know but if there wasn't then what what commitment what courage what stamina does it take to stay in something that you have no option to get out of it takes none right because you didn't have that option but now that people have that option then they need to you think they would want to consciously make the decision i'm going to stay in it based on my commitment and i i admire that you know but where's the point where a person is allowed to say, I've committed everything I can, uh, but this is not going to work. I mean, that frightens me, but there's got to be that place, huh? Well, absolutely. And I would tell you that, so that, that kind of those, if we've called it like our old orientation towards marriage versus our new orientation towards marriage, is it's a real problem. Because most people didn't get married wanting a divorce. <laughs> right. Or divorce even being an option. That's right. the majority of people. I mean, 20 years of marriage therapy, the vast, vast, vast majority of individuals and couples that I've worked with do not want to get divorced. And I think that's important because it's like 
we have this mentality that people that get divorced are just quitters or they didn't hang it. Or, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. such, there's still such a lingering negative connotation about divorce. And I think what, what that, ha- what happens is that couples tend to impose that on, our, on our, on themselves. I have to stay married. So then they stay in a bad marriage for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they get really fucking miserable and then they start having contempt towards each oh, other. Oh, yeah. We, we've seen that as the slope that you just can't come back from. The contempt, right. yeah. And then it starts affecting the kids. Mm-hmm. And then the irony is the reason that they're saying that they're not getting divorced, we stay married for the kids, mm-hmm. is the fucking reason why <laughs> they should get divorced. Because you two have now descended down into this level of contempt. Oh, right. That's toxic for your kids to see. It's what they subconsciously, what their archetype for marriage is going to be. Mm -hmm. And you're half of your child and your spouse is the other half of your child, which represents their identity. So when you treat each other with contempt, that does affect your child's view of self. Mm -hmm. And so if there's some line that can't be crossed, it's that line where we have contempt for each other yeah. or one has contempt for the other. Yeah. So however we got there, if you got to that point, that's it. Uh, you have good luck. Yeah, right. Good luck. And and what I see that is then when parents do finally divorce, then kids become pawns in the divorce. Now they have contempt for each other now. Right? So they have to protect the kids from the other. Oh, right. And then it just, that is such, that's what fucks up kids. Divorce doesn't affect kids. What affects kids is how the parents react to that divorce. And so if somebody is considering like, okay, the the question is, will you or your partner Work on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That, number one is work on it. Get some fucking help. Yeah. There is great help out there. Mm-hmm. It confounds me why people will stay miserable. I mean, I understand <laughs> it from a clinical perspective, but it's just like, they're, like therapists are, I mean, there's good ones out there. You, It's always fucking better to stay married. Like... Get help. Go together. Right. And you're not going, you're not taking your dialect of a spouse to the principal's office (laughs) to tell the therapist how, what a fucking idiot they are. You're going because both of you together have fucked up your marriage and you need help unfucking your marriage. And so when you make your first appointment with your therapist, say that. Uh, we have fucked up our marriage, and we need help unfucking up our marriage. And neither one of us is more responsible than the other. Oh wow! Can people do that? No. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how you get somebody to the point where they say, "I've I've messed this up. Help me to fix this." 
you know, not help the other person be better, but help me. That seemed like that's a, a hard place to get to with folks. Oh. <laughs> Am I living in a dream world? No, the, the fact that they want to just sit and blame. Yeah. So here, here's some things that I, I'll be more, if there is abuse, get out, get out, get out. And that is the hardest thing to do to leave an emotional or an abusive relationship. And I mean, emotionally abusive as well. Mm-hmm. If your if your spouse is, is constantly assassinating, your character is constantly invalidating. That is abuse. Get out because the statistics on abusers changing, the data is just not good. <laughs> right. And get out multiple affairs. Get out. You know, if somebody is an addict refusing help, get out. And that may be what enables them to ultimately get help. Mm-hmm. You know, the proverbial hitting bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an addict or an alcoholic, those, those things are, from my, now again, let's go all the way back to the very beginning, right? It's your marriage, it's your decision. But this is, these are my inputs on that. All right, all right. So those those are just like some some touch points. I don't think people get divorced soon enough. They just drag it out, thinking the other person is going to change. Or, I think people. I think we're terrified of change. Mm-hmm. So what men will do is, you know, rather than get a divorce, typically we'll go have an affair, and then we'll go, you know. And there's not, not all men do that, but we're, mm. we're prone to do that. <laughs> I mean, guys, mm. we do that. Mm. Um, oh, they don't get divorced soon enough. Is right, that what right. I was That's talking where you, about? Yeah, that was where you left off. It, it, and this is probably it, the best option, and if you've been through a divorce, you know this, okay, is to stay married. Because even when you need to get a divorce, it ain't easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not an easy road. It's a oftentimes necessary road. But it's not an easy road. You don't have to hate each other. If you're not willing to do the work, you know, if I sit down with my spouse and I'm like, I'm unhappy, this marriage is, and and my spouse isn't willing, well, I don't, I mean, whatever. It's like, well, what the fuck are you supposed to do, right? Are Mm -hmm. you just supposed to keep banging your head? It's like, okay, you're fine with the marriage. I'm not fine with the marriage. Do we just live in this tension the rest of our life? I or you are not willing to go get help, and there's good help out there. Mm-hmm. And if we keep, if we stay in this, we're going to hate each other, and that hate is going to affect our children for the rest of their lives. So before we hate each other and before we start blaming each other, why don't we just say, hey, we had a good relationship. It's not what either one of us want anymore. We have beautiful, beautiful children. Let's be wonderful parents to our beautiful children, grateful for the good times that we've had, and move on. And you're saying this, this is after you've pursued help, you if, know, individually well, and marriage. If, you've, if the person w- won't get help, then... Yeah. How long you want to sit in that is up to you, right? Okay. Uh, and my and and again, my observation is people tend to sit in that too long, at great personal and familial cost. Mm-hmm. 
And I just think we have to be realistic about the conditions in which we get married now because they're just mm-hmm. so different. Thankfully, women have so much more autonomy and independence, and that's just a factor. And they they literally don't have to stay. The health in that would be if we understood that courtship doesn't end. Oh, right. Exactly. I mean, I'll say it this way. How hard did you, quote unquote, work in courtship? Well, what's the truth of the matter? It wasn't work at all. Like I was pursuing what I perceived to be the love of my life. Mm-hmm. If we could make like, oh, I, I now I got them, so they're stuck. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is in the subconscious of people's minds too much. It's yeah. like, well, guess what? It, the courtship can't ever stop. And what I find is that the vast majority of the time, parents put kids in front of the marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> what did that teach them about marriage? How's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, on that point, I think uh, I might have got a, a, a pass on that. I got lucky in that I always viewed my wife as, as um, you know, as, as me marrying up, I think is the way they say it. So the courtship, I didn't want it to stop because it's like, man, if I back off on this, then she may not be engaged 100%. Now, she didn't give me any reason to think that, but at least in my mind, I'm thinking I always want to be courting her, as you said, you know, causing her to feel um, good that she made this um, commitment in this relationship. So there was never, and there's still not a time now where I say, okay, so we're locked in. I can kind of just do things without regard to how that affects you, you know? Right. So so maybe we everybody ought to go into a relationship like that, like, I need to. It, it would be useful, yeah. um, and I understand like dopamine levels and infatuation, all that. So circumstances do change. Um, I, I think a, a, a rule of thumb that I would offer is when you're with your spouse, how present are you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you are you engaged with them? Are you engaged with your children? Are you engaged in life when you're no longer present? in the relationship. You got to do something. You got to you got to get engaged. Yeah. And the the change in thinking that I think we have to have is that divorce is not a catastrophe. It's just it's just simply not a catastrophe. Okay. I mean, do kids want their parents to be together in the same house? Well, of course they do. When they're amicable and respect each other, as co-parents, I mean, the, the statistics are pretty clear that that does not affect divorce. And oftentimes, kids are relieved when their parents get divorced mm-hmm. because the either the obvious or non-obvious tension, you yeah. know, yeah. is is just so uncomfortable that they experience a significant level of relief when their parents do get divorced if the parents act like adults. Yeah, They can't get to that contemptuous level. Mm-hmm. When they get to that contemptuous level, it's there's almost no going back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had couple after couple post-divorce, like, get the fuck over it. 
Like, stop. <laughs> what if if yeah. you're just going to keep hating each other? Go fucking get remarried, like marry each other again. <laughs> yeah. Like get the fuck over it. Yeah. Like move on. But because we put so much weight on the stigma mm-hmm. of divorce, if you're divorced, right, it has certain connotations to it. So if if I have such a stigma about it, then I have no choice but to villainize you. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Because for for us, for something as catastrophic as divorce to occur, well, I ain't going to be the fucking villain, so I'm going to villainize you, and vice versa, and then so it goes. Mm-hmm. And if we lighten up on our perspective of divorce, I promise you, happy people aren't going to go get divorced. <laughs> right. It's not going to just open the all gates of the, for that. It's not like some kind of <laughs> contagious thing yeah. where yeah. all of the sudden, like two people are on their anniversary having a great time and they're not going to spontaneously say, hey, divorce, you want to do that? Sure. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. the rationale on that is I, I just am confounded yeah. with people's thinking on that and it might not be that people want to judge folks that get divorced but it's rather if we raise up so uh, or we elevate the notion of people committing to one another saying this is a marriage and this is a good thing then if it doesn't if it doesn't happen it doesn't mean it has to automatically be a bad thing it's like well it just didn't pan out to be the good that we hoped didn't work out the way that we thought it was going to and i'm not meaning to be nonchalant about it but it i want to pull away that stigma Right, because because of the weight of that stigma and how catastrophic it is, mm-hmm. is I think one of the culprits that's really causing so much harm. Okay, right. If we were able to be reasonable about it, if we didn't neglect it to the point that it was just yeah. unbearable, mm-hmm. and now with the weight of the stigma, we have to villainize each other, and now the children are caught in just the contempt of us villainizing each you see the just the cascading effect that that has and again people (laughs) happy people that are happily married want to stay happily married this is not going to cause some kind of like falling apart of society it just anyway and forcing them to stay together when they're unhappy doesn't help either does harm yeah does fucking harm now again i'll go back to work on your relationship yes absolutely and you pointed out the idea that if you get to the point of contempt then it might be too late but you need to have some trigger before that that says let's get help let's get help or let's we just can't get to that place. Yeah. It's toxic for us. It's toxic for our children. And it is a point of no return. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, dude, I've got clients, and this is more who just can't get over divorce. They cannot get over it. Mm-hmm. And some of it is just the personal shame because it's such a catastrophic failure that they're so lost in their own self-contempt and so much contempt toward their ex-spouse. And it's mm-hmm. like... When the fuck do you put this down? Yeah. Like, when do you like, oh, I'm not going to ruminate about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go be happy yeah. and I'm going to put it behind and be, why can't two people just be grateful for the time that they had together, be profoundly grateful for the gift of children and 
mutually invest in those children as co-parents. Mm-hmm. But that's, we can't even, we're so afraid <laughs> of divorce. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, you know what? And we and for a long time, we weren't even honest about, mm-hmm. we just said that divorce was horrible for kids. We left out the part, the, the beginning, which mm-hmm. is how parents respond to divorce can be horrible for right, kids. Right, right, right. Because that's, those are the facts. Yeah, yeah. So let's find that, that, uh, defining moment prior to contempt you know if we could spot that and and if i go further the other direction to say okay well there was there was a time where you cherished your spouse Mm -hmm. and you wanted to do things for him okay so if that if that got to zero where you know it wasn't contempt and it wasn't even quite uh you know i don't care kind of thing but it was something where you weren't eager to please them once you get lower than that, then maybe you ought to get help there. Well, I think that, that that's where I'll go back to the question that you ask yourself is how present am I in my relationship? Okay, right. You know, am I looking forward to getting home to my wife? Am I looking forward to e- engaging with the family mm-hmm. together? Mm-hmm. Am I present with my kids? Or am I like, how was your day, hon? Fine. Flip on the news. Like, you know, it's... it it. Am I truly present? Am I able to be present? Am I able to be emotionally vulnerable? Or am I emotionally guarded? Because that emotional vulnerability is going to be part of being present. I just feel safe here. I feel wanted here. I feel just, you know, all of those kinds of things. That would be... That would be my recommendation that that's what you want to evaluate first. Mm -hmm. And if you're not feeling that... I get home as late as I can. I I mess with the kids over here and stay <laughs> away from my wife for as long as I can. And then I go upstairs, she goes downstairs, vice versa, you know, those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. That those are your indicators. Get and, some get some help. Yeah, but it's still at a point where you could argue to your friends, "Oh, we're doing fine." You know, because there's not an issue you need to address. But that is the issue right there. Right. Yeah. I am not present in my own life. Okay. So we, that that's the point where you go out and get help. I don't know if it's me, her, or just the union, but it, let's it, solve that. You know, my recommendation would be, and, and this is where, this is oftentimes, going and saying to your partner, I'm not happy in our marriage is a terrifying and difficult thing to do. And you just got to do it. Yeah. And it's not even saying... I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I'm not happy with you. Right. I'm saying I'm not fulfilled in our marriage anymore. I want to be, mm-hmm. but I'm not. And if someone comes to you with that level of honesty, you cannot fucking punish them for it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? After all I've done for you, do you mean you want to? Or yeah, whatever it is, whatever that is, they cannot be punished for that level of honesty. Yeah. But that what you did there sounded like a typical response. Well, it Somebody is would, typical, right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't make it up. Ain't my first fucking rodeo, bro. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm living in a dream world thinking somebody would say, oh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. What can we do about it? Bro, that is a <laughs> fucking dream world. But, but it, it has to happen. It has to happen, you know, that you, the person has a conversation and then the other person says, well, let's do something about it. 
you know? And that's the right response. Let's yeah. do something about it. And at that stage, it it has to be, I'm not happy in the marriage. I'm not happy with the marriage. Not, it can't be personal. Yeah. What are you saying? You're not happy with me? Or you, you, you just, you're not who you used to be or any of that shit because none of us are. Mm-hmm. It's, and then their reaction to that becomes your indicator of what to do next. Yeah. yeah. If they're able to say, let's go fix it. Let's go find out. Let's go figure out what we don't know. And let's create a marriage that both of us are happy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. But Just we got to stop being so fearful about divorce being the most catastrophic thing there is and wondering what the hell is wrong with somebody if they've been divorced. They just got divorced. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, that seems to clear up some of my concern. And, you know, I'm still going to admit here, yeah, I live in a dream world sometimes. Bro, <laughs> happy little place in there. I know. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for bringing that up because we want, we want people to have the best chance at fulfilling their commitment. But we do understand that there's times where, <laughs> you've reached a point and it does matter that we only get one trip through life and mm-hmm. that that doesn't give me cause to be loose with my marriage but we don't get any more time and we do need to be mindful of that all right man that's our uh, that's a wrap for this week's yeah. session uh what do we what do we got to tell well, people to do? We want to welcome feedback. So yes. comment on Facebook. Always on the, appreciate your feedback. Yeah, becoming man made today, uh, and you can always check check us out at becomingmanmade.com. You can contact us through that if you have a comment or a question. And it's always useful when you make uh, topic suggestions. We genuinely appreciate that. So keep those coming because that's we want to be talking about the things that you need us to talk about. So keep those suggestions coming. Mm -hmm. And either way, the five stars are always appreciated. Five stars. I felt like we earned it. (laughs) All right, man. That's another one. That's a wrap. And uh, see you next time.